Motocross Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, Tony Wink, Roman Avita, PJ Duran in studio here. Our contributors include, as always, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, and uh, uh, Jack and Leanne DeLeon producing our program both on internet and radio. This is Pit Pass Radio brought to you in part by our friends at Front Porch Media. The first time I've said that, and you'll be hearing it a lot over the next coming years. We appreciate our friends at Front Porch Media. On the program tonight, we have uh, Max Gersten, uh, we have Michael, uh, and, and, and I'm, am I saying this right? Michael Diallo? Is, is that right, Tony? Is that what you've got, Michael Diallo? Yes, sir, I believe so. Okay. Josh Strang, Strangers are going to be joining us, bottom of hour number one. Rory O'Neill, and you remember him from some kind of a Farley Castle race that he dragged Tony into, and I'm not sure if that's a, is that what's going on? We're going to talk a little bit about Farley Castle. Or oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's coming up. I'm, I was planning on going, but I'm not going to make it this year uh, due to some circumstances, but Beyond your Ro- control. Rory O'Neill, it, no, they're, they're in my control, but. <laughs> i just decided Chose not, go. not to do anything <laughs> and jake johnson we have jake johnson booked on the program as well before we go to him let's go to uh breaking news uh, we'll start with pj duran pj the only new the the road racing world was quiet this weekend but we did have the uh peoria um peoria tt and mr henry wiles is now officially the prince of peoria 14 in a row he passes chris Carr on the all-time winners lead that's uh, amazing it is amazing he had a, quite a battle um but he pulled it off in the end all right so good job. amazing result from henry wiles a regular guest on the program and we're lucky to have him but uh you know he's he's a performance king you know he gets the most out of his equipment Without right. doubt, he does. Hmm. So, uh, congratulations to Henry Wiles. With that, let's go to Roman Avila. Breaking news from you, Roman. Uh, so, uh, over the weekend, we had the motocross race at Bud's Creek, uh, where we crowned uh, a first-time champion in the 250 class, as far as Aaron Plessinger goes. Uh, clinched it after the uh, the first moto, essentially. Um, How about a choke in the second moto? Well, you man, know. he just like Thanks. absolutely rode like Roman out there. <laughs> wow. Maybe not as bad as you. But. You're gonna have to talk to him at some point. No, I think it's awesome though because the guy just dominated. He was in yeah, he the driver's it. seat the whole the whole year, and he'll admit it. I mean, it's he didn't look like AP out there. He looked like somebody else. No, and, and, and I think a lot fell of that's down. Just the metal. Oh, for the, sure. The yeah. mental strain was was off of him and his concentration wasn't where it was should be but we were talking about uh, travis pastrana and others joining up for uh team yeah not team usa puerto team, rico team puerto rico and but that has changed a little that bit. has changed a yeah. little bit and uh my favorite all-time writer who i uh who i fangirl over every time we have him on besides me we don't care about tony yeah. anyway um <laughs> is kevin windham 
will be so K Dub. Yeah, K Dub has asked. I've gotten an email from K Dub since the last time he was on. He asked that you not talk directly <laughs> to him, and that's okay. I mean, have you seen his hair? I wonder if he even yeah. can get a helmet on. I don't know why. Or, I couldn't. or this a lot of hair, but <laughs> wonder how many sizes he went up with that hair. Grizzly deal. Adams. I Did we know. have more news from from Europe? So so Europe MXGP Switzerland uh, hurlings wins dominant Hands fashion down. again. One one. Um, Cairoli was off the podium and um, he sustained a knee injury. That's to be determined the severity of it. Um, he had a slight stall and a crash over a, a basically a hill jump. So um, we'll wait and see how that goes. But I, I think this is Hurling's title to lose as far as that goes. This is our first opportunity to even mention this. Uh, but uh, young Molly Tibbetts here in Iowa, this has made national news. Uh, was found dead after uh, an extended period of time. Everybody was looking for her, uh, including uh, Mike Pence, our, our, our vice president, uh, and many, many others. But it was determined uh, that there has been an arrest, and a young man who is an illegal alien uh, has admitted to killing her and, uh, and, 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 and hiding her body. So our, our thoughts, our hopes, our dreams, our, our greatest uh, wishes are with the Tibbetts family. Uh, moms and dads and brothers and aunts and uncles. It's a, it's a terrible situation, but Brooklyn, Iowa, as it always does, will rise again like the phoenix from the ashes, and they will be stronger because of it, and the memory of Molly Tibbetts will go on, and we dedicate this program to her. Tony? I appreciate that. Um, we were talking about motocross. Just switch it back there, Roman, and you talked about the 250 class. Eli Tomac puts him in a situation where um, – there was, this is a this was big because Eli Tomac went three one for the overall. Ken Roxman went one three for second, but Marvin went two four for third. So so Ken Eli yet again extends ex, his extends points. his points lead just a smidge. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it, it's we know that we've seen it have, where he had that mechanical and it was it was big deal. But I tell you, who really impressed me was Blake Baggett. He was on he, fire. He went 5 he, 2. He dug down in that second moto. Dude, that, he, that guy moto. was ripping. And you know who I want to do? I, I want to bring in our first guest, Scott, if you don't mind. Because, Not at all. because Rory O'Neill, who's with um, uh, Team International Air Hammer, my, uh, my hero, at least in, when we're in England. Um, over the pond here. Over the pond, yes. <laughs> I really am fond of him. And Rory... Oh, so you're moving Rory up to the number one spot. If you don't mind, because Rory knows... Okay. He's forgotten more about motocross than any of us know here, and this is all we do, so... Well, we've got uh, about five minutes to fill, so let's go ahead and put Rory in there. Awesome. Rory, what's up? Rory O'Neill joins us. How are you? Jack, can you bring can Rory Can you bring up? Rory up so he can hear us and we can hear him? I think he's... Okay. Rory, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. You sound good and loud. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, I'm good like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what do you think? Okay, we, we've covered a few things since you've been listening. Uh, first off, PJ, what do we cover? You, uh, Henry Wiles. Henry Wiles. Henry Wiles. Flat that track was a race. big one. Big deal, right? Yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. Isn't it 14 in a row now yeah. or something? 14 wow. in a row he passed Chris Carr. That's no joke. Literally anyone passed him. Literally passed him. If you can say that out loud, you have said something. So literally and figuratively passed him. Yep, absolutely. Nice. Well, that's, a, that's a, if you're going to make a statement, do it nice and loud. Whatever and, Carr and, really and feels about it. Carr, res Carr respects that. He's got <laughs> I to. I know. We talked yeah. to him last week, and he was but like. He didn't he, really talk about very it Very graceful, much. but you got to. You know what I mean? When somebody passes your. Somebody's, all time you're yeah, known uh -huh. for it record it's been there forever <laughs> yeah and not long, anymore in a long time not 
not just a, a five-year-old yeah, record. Since it's, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it was out there. Chris is still competitive, though. Roy, you, you, whose style do you like uh, more, Henry or, or Chris Carr? Uh, I'm kind of an old school stuff, so I, I guess I'd have to go with Carr, but um, I don't know. They're all pretty bad. Flat track's a pretty uh, pretty cool thing. I grew up in Ireland, so we didn't have flat tracks, so I always looked to the bikes, thought they were cool, thought the guys that rode them and that. Were you that from a were, were you from a poor family, a disadvantaged family that could not afford to go to flat track races? They didn't have them. <laughs> they simply didn't have them. Yeah, I, I guess if not having them means that I couldn't go. <laughs> you were poor. Okay, I, guess I was poor. Yeah. Tony's eating a pizza yeah, toast. They, but here's the thing: there. I'm actually eating a, some yeah. leftover pizza from Papa Kino, wherever that is. Papa Kino just ate dinner. We yeah yeah, but there was pizza, and they said help yourself to pizza. So I've got a cup of One coffee. One slice left. I've got a yeah. So I'm eating a cold slice of pizza and a, drinking mm. a cup of coffee here in the studio. And I got to tell you, Rory, you're you're living up to your name, snack time. That's right. snack time. <laughs> hey so, hey hey <laughs> hey, that's Fat Albert, not yeah, snack damn time. Damn right. Excuse me, I Rude. didn't mean to say that. Sorry. All right, we talked about AP winning the 250 class, total bomb the second moto. What are you you saw that? I'm sure. I actually didn't. I read about it today, though, on the internet. I was uh, busy building bikes for Farley, but I'm stoked because he's riding a Yamaha. You know, yeah. anybody that wins on a Yamaha, I'm going to pull for. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was quite a deal. Eli Tomac can't be stopped, though. But man, I like I said earlier, the Blake Baggett's five two performance. He came in so fast. Second moto, man. I'm I'm telling you, is Blake Baggett up for a ride or what? Because that was that was impressive. Well, yeah, he ended up second in one moto. Is yeah, that what it was? second second moto. He passed he everybody wow. except for Eli. I mean, he came through. He, he looked like Eli on a KTM. It was impressive. Well, he looked like the old El Chupacabre <laughs> in the second moto. Is yeah, really how that worked. There's no doubt about it. When that dude's on, he's on. You know what I mean? But it's just a matter of him putting his season together. I guess there, if he was on every weekend, he'd be champion. You know. Yeah, well, and this year he is probably the most down year he's had since he's been with. Uh, that team you know and i just i don't understand what the deal is if it's a setup or it's him or overtraining or or what but rory when are you guys uh when are you guys getting ready to to take off with farley oh i started packing last night so uh i leave in a week and a half but i got a bunch of work i gotta go out of town for and some of the boys are already over there in england building bikes and getting things ready and so uh, and then Paul leaves, I guess, the first week of September. So we're all over the place. So who's uh, who's on the team this year, Rory? Besides yourself? Uh, well, your number, number one ten, the the number that you made legendary. Thank we you, have Rob. Stringer legendary in there for you. <laughs> who? You know? Rob Stringer. You remember the big unit? So, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's in there riding for you. And then I'm one one one, of course. And Lee Jackson is riding one twelve. Mossy is still there on 113 bike. What's he Joanne riding? Uh, Mossy's riding a 490. We're all riding 490s pretty much. Except okay. Lee's riding a WR500, which is basically an updated 490. Because, uh-huh. uh, you know, they changed the rules a little bit this year. You can ride a bike up to 96 in the Evo team race. So and your then, design uh, on this year is to actually wait, win. Wait, wait, wait. So I could ride my CR500 if it wasn't the Team International Air Hammer team that you're... Yeah. If we weren't a Yamaha team, Tony, you could probably ride a, a CR500, but the fact that we are, kind of, it kind of messes that program up a little bit. The chassis is so much bigger on the CR500, and it just seems to fit 
a slightly larger framed fella like myself. Slightly you should see me larger. on a 500, though. I mean, it's, that 490, I was, I was it's, trying. It's much wider. The seat's very comfortable. 490 is much more like a mini bike for me, but the 500, <laughs> bung, gung, gung, I, all I the way know, around. You're on 490 pretty angry. Like, <laughs> I saw you on the throttle flipping French dudes off the ground like cheese omelets and things. Like I don't know. I mean, is that the way you're going to ride a C.O.R. as well? Well, here's the deal, man. If you're, okay, If I don't care if you are French. If you're going to come into turn number two, yeah. three, whatever it was, and lean on the guy, the, the one guy in the whole class that looks like a a, a, a deep freeze, right? You're not going <laughs> to lean on a deep. You don't. You don't try to stuff a minivan. You're, you're saying like a freezer chest. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm okay. three times the size of old Frenchie here, and he's coming in on me like he's. Well, the French Pepe are, Le Pew, like French, he's got something the, yeah, for me. He's, he's, he's getting even hey, for past the, dude, and I'm just, and I just I was so pissed, and I'm like, get out of there! And he's coming in on me, and I'm like, this bozo doesn't. Uh, yep, yep, we're Tony, upside down. Tony, to be fair, the French as a people are much slighter. They're very slight people. I disagree. So I'm just saying, I don't know what you mean by slighter. They're small, he, smaller, he oh, more diminutive, huh? He apologized to you. Wait, yeah, with a French <laughs> accent, though. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't count. So he, anyway, the guy comes in on me like just, and so we we end up in a heap, right? And I'm mad. And I don't know if you can tell, but when I flipped my motorcycle up like it was a, a bicycle, and uh, I literally like bunny hopped the thing, like half piped the thing around and took off, I was, I was angry. I was mad. You went over in the pits, and I know you did this. You went over in the pits and knocked over a bottle of uh, Chianti. That's uh, not true, actually. When I got done, I was so fat and winded that year. I was, laid, I was big down. that year. He laid down. I was big that year, wasn't I? We, we were talking about this you on the were, way you in. You like a boss, though. <laughs> R- Rory, we were talking about this on the way in. Tony and I were from Winterset. We carpooled. Yeah, we were talking about... Uh, when we knew that you were going to be on and everything, we were chatting. I was like, "Dude, I think you're a little bit bigger than you." He's are like, now. "You were big that year. You were big. <laughs> I know small fry now, but no, but you look good. I, I looked like a beach look whale healthy. when I was. Uh, There's pictures in Racer X of me just tanked, like just laying there, like you, you know, like a big. fat drunk on the back of a boat. Well, after you all know, day. you're big when it takes two pages. Uh huh. Sure, I had a full yeah. page spread, and it was just one photo of me. <laughs> I, I, Shamu or hey, something was brought up. I, I, I think at one point. I don't that, care how big you are, as yeah. long as you twist the throttle when you get on that thing. I was after you can it. Be as big as you want, as long as you ride like you rode in 2014. Number nine bailing wire. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of hard on yeah. equipment, though. You have to admit, he's hard on uh, equipment. Period. About it, I had to fix everything you broke. <laughs> there are skid loader brands that won't let him uh, use those skid loaders anymore. It's making a bad name. Takaguchi's one. Yeah, Mustangs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Did the Amish have to buy those? Right, well. Piss on them, Amish. Um, Rory, let me let me ask you. The the, uh, the team is such a unique thing. It, team International Air Hammer, and you compete with the countries. And we actually beat Australia that year that I was I was involved. But it's really neat. Talk about that because I think it's it's really cool. And people that don't know what we're talking about, actually, let's start over. Talk about Farley Castle, what it is, and and what Team International Air Hammer means. Um, well, Farley Castle for one is kind of like. I guess it's like Unadilla here, you know, it's, uh, they've been racing motocross there since the forties. When I was a kid, like the 500 GP was there every other year. Motocross nations was there a couple of times. So it's just a place that's steeped in history, you know? So when you get there, it just has a really unique feel. Like you get out and you know, something special like happened here, you know? Right. And, uh, so that's a pretty cool deal. 
And uh, myself and Paul, I mean, we always wanted to, obviously we grew up looking at Euro guys because we were over there because Paul's English. And uh, obviously when you're a kid, you dream about riding 500 GPs like the guys you're looking at. And obviously uh, we didn't get the talent to do that. But when this vaccinations thing started, it kind of gave us the opportunity to race against some of those guys and, you know, or I shouldn't say race, maybe be on the line with some of them. And, you know, it's a pretty unique event that way because, you, we, I've been there years where I raced against the guy that was racing GPs a couple of years before in, in Gordon Crocker. Bale was there, who's a world champion and AMA champion. You, you've guys like Graham Irwin that was winning British championships, and then you had guys like Doug Dubach and stuff, and we're all in the same gate together. So it's pretty unique that you can race against guys that from all levels of motocross competition throughout different eras. So it's, it's a pretty brilliant thing that way. So the gate has like 70 guys, which is, you know, it opens it up a lot for the different different eras and the different speeds of guys there is. I, I've got to ask you, uh, and, and we're going to go off, off topic just for a minute, because I think about the Isle of Man and I think about somebody like you that might want to race that. I know it's a different style, but um, is there any kind of uh, an appreciation for the Isle of Man racing and the racers that compete there? Because seemingly their lives are on the line every time they get on, you know, swing a leg over. Well, it's, it's funny that you said that because uh, two things I wanted to do in my life was race 500s and race the TT. And in 2012, when I decided to go to Farley, my idea was that I'd do Farley one year and then I'd start getting ready to try and go do the TT or the classic Banks Grand Prix or something, something that would race around the Isle of Man. But since doing the Farley thing and all the sponsors that have come on board and the fun that we have and all that and meeting people like Tony there and all this kind of stuff, it's just kind of my idea of wanting to ride the TT is kind of taking a back step. Like every year I just gear towards Farley and that's what myself and Paul do. And there's a, you said you uh, grew up in Ireland. You've got, of course, the Northwest 200, as well as a pretty rich road racing series there in Ireland. I'm sure uh, if you've spent any spent any time looking at that type of racing, you probably were well aware of that, and there's some incredibly talented Irish racers out there right now. Yeah, yeah, there there is. And actually, uh, William Dunlop died recently, so uh, RIP to him. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Ulster, the Northwest are big road races, but... In the south or the Republic, where I grew up, there's a lot of smaller road races, but they're they're national races, but um, it, it's crazy. They start off in grids like 40. The roads are hardly wide enough for two cars to pass each other, but you got 40 superbikes or 4600s, depending on the class, just going for it. It's it's a pretty cool thing, and it's it's pretty unique. So how long do you guys spend there at uh, Farley once you're once you're laid in and you've got the bikes and everything round up? How long do you spend uh, at the facility? Uh, we usually roll in there on Thursday afternoon, and then we roll out on Monday morning. So it's pretty much four days or four and a bit days. Did I hear four and a bit? Four and a bit. Yeah. Rory, we're up against clock. It went way too fast. I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. Right. But, but I know that you have... Keith McCarty from Yamaha and a lot of a lot of good sponsors that help keep those bikes pristine and they are I mean they are absolutely they're like a brand new YZ490 and it's it's incredible how nice of equipment you have to have the nicest equipment or some of the nicest equipment in the pits but um, talk about all the people 
quickly, please, uh, that help you guys go racing? Because I know that's a big part of, you know, your your thank you to them is uh, programs like this where you get an opportunity to say thanks. Yeah, that, that helps us. And I would like to mention, too, our other rider, which is Joanne Halpin. She'll be riding uh, pre-85 on, on a YZ490. But, um, yeah, some of our sponsors are 100% Goggles, uh, Bevo and Charles over there, Alias MX, Boys and Reeds, Bridgestone Tires, Cotter Motorcycles in Dublin, Crankworks, Dryer Motorsports here in Indy, Edco Engineering, XL Rims, EBC Brakes and Clutches, My Halpin Motors in Dublin, IMS Foot Pegs, Maxima Oils, NGK Spark Plugs, Tom Morgan Builds Our Motors, does a great job, Motion Pro Cables, Proform Exhaust, P&M Motorcycles, RK Chain, Race Tech, Zombie Motors, Trottle Jockey Graphics, Green Air Filters, Renthal Bars, Dave at Wiseco helps us a ton, Works Connection, and then of course Yamaha. Good job out of you, Rory. As always, safe journeys, my friend, and uh, much success in the future. All right, thanks a lot for having us on, and hopefully we'll see you over there at some point, Tony. Rory O'Neill, a, uh, a famous Scotsman uh, racing, and uh, <laughs> you know how the, uh, the the Scots love the Irish. They yeah. do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't not think so, so much. No, no. It's, 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 it's on hold. No. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, coming up next, Jake Johnson is going to be joining us. Before we go there, this portion of the show brought to you by Hicklin Power Sports. And right now is a great time to go into Hicklin Power Sports. And uh, one of their very own is here. He's the uh, the boss, if you will, of parts and service and so much more. And uh, he joins us now. Uh, if you would, P.J. Duran, talk to us a little bit about the continuing expansion of the dealership. Well, we are going through what feels like a never-ending uh, growth spurt. We've... Uh, remodeled our uh, showroom extensively this year right. to incorporate of course the barbershop which we've discussed the garage gals and make some more room moved our parts department and really tried to streamline things to make a better uh in dealership better experience for our customers oh that's huge that's bart hicklin's uh, uh, overall design when he bought the place and my god has he done a great job by hiring great people as well on-site financing is available at hicklin power sports look for hicklin power sports online at what HicklinPowerSports.com. Back after this. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris Carr, multi-year flat track racer, former World Land Speed record holder. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber hi this is dean wilson number 15 you're listening to pit pass radio all right, welcome back to the show. A little bit, uh, what, about 27 after top of the hour. We're heading to uh, uh, our number, well, the end of our number one anyway. But, you know, before we get there, we've got two exciting guests to bring on. And if you would, please, Tony Wink. 
introduce our next guest. Okay, he is uh, currently eighth overall in the American Flat Track Qu- Twins class. In the past three races, he had two podiums, so he's on a roll. Uh, he did get a win this season at the Buffalo Chip Round. His name is Jake Johnson, one of my favorite American flat trackers. Always on time as well. So, J- uh, Jake, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. No, it <laughs> happens. Here. It happens to none of us, around. actually. So, <laughs> Just you. Um, anyway, Jake, hey, good job out of you. I mean, uh, currently uh, eighth overall in the American flat track twins class. Um, talk to us about the pressure in the twins class right now. It seems like there's so many good racers, but even more so, the equipment is uh, it's, it's like upside down from a year ago, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's always been a ton of talent in the sport, just uh, not quite the equipment, I would say. Um, and man, now uh, now everybody is on uh, on Indian FTRs, so the the playing field's pretty equal. So it's uh, it's kind of been a, a, an adjustment, really. Uh, you know, everybody's on on equivalent stuff, so it's uh, you know you don't have much of an advantage having a you know better equipment or a bigger budget than uh than the other guy you know everybody's like i said everybody's kind of on the same stuff now and uh you know it's uh taken me a little bit of time to adjust kind of started the, the beginning of the year on yamaha's and had some crashes and some bad luck and uh you know got up finally got back on the uh got on the indian train and uh you know finally uh starting to starting to get it figured back out again and uh kind of running back where we're supposed to be but you know, as far as the championship, it's uh, a little bit too late, but um, better late than never, right? Jake, uh, understanding it's a little late from your perspective to make a run at, at the first place, but it sure looks like you could still make some meaningful movements in the in the overall standings. I, mean, uh, I don't think it's out of the question that you could be aiming uh, for, uh, you know, sixth, fifth place overall by the, by year's end. You've got some room to improve. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, I take the, the Ricky Bobby approach on the, on the championship <laughs> championship. If if you're not first, you might as well be last. So, Is there any other know, way, Jake? Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, they only, they only give a trophy and a number plate for first. So if you're not first, you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter to me, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I can, I can make, you know, there's opportunity there, you know, we've got some momentum on our side and, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, healthy again and, and back to riding like I should be and, uh, you know, can uh, hopefully uh, hopefully finish out these last four rounds and, and uh, you know, kind of move myself up there. And, you know, it's, yeah, you know, I, I, first or last, it, you know, I, I say that, but it, uh, it is a little depressing when I see my, see my name outside the top ten there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to fix that. We're, we're inching our way back up. The last race you finished third at Peoria, and what a race that was! Um, the, the talk about the track, the, the turnaround they did from the weather and, and all of that stuff—it was really quite a story, and, and I think a true testament to the to the people that run that place and and uh, the operators of the equipment and stuff because it seemed like they they had their hands full. Oh yeah, that was that was the one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. You know, racing uh, as far as how much work went into that. Um, you know, I got to the track on Friday and, uh, you know, they're out there and just kind of, you know, side by side and four wheelers, just trying to kind of rolling around through the mud, just trying to air the thing out. 
I'm looking at that. I'm like, man, there's no way, you know, I'm, I'm, I was almost getting ready to change my flight from Sunday to Monday. Cause I figured we were going to be racing on Sunday. And, uh, you know, same thing. We showed up, showed up Saturday morning and man, you know, fortunately, you know, Caterpillar is the, is the sponsor of the event and they're, they're right down the road, Peoria there. And I mean, they've had, they had millions of dollars of equipment out there just, you know, picking up dirt, putting dirt down, just, it was, you know, they basically rebuilt the whole track in, you know, 12 hours. Sounds like a country song, doesn't it? Picking up dirt, laying dirt down. (laughs) Sounds like a typical race weekend at Riverside Raceway (laughs) at my place because that's... Yeah, yeah, it sounds like something you would say about every weekend. I rebuilt the track since Thursday. Yeah, well, it's just... (laughs) uh, Straight mud off, put mud back on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, so we got got nine inches of rain this morning, so give me a half hour, we'll have her going, and then... Uh, we'll have dust by three, and I'll I'll sheep's foot a little mud right back in her, and no big no big deal, boys. Yeah, and yeah. I saw people come. Yeah, Jake, your your yeah, Indian it was ride. Definitely cool to see the effort for sure. That was uh, you know as a rider and, and seeing how much effort that uh, you know Peoria Motorcycle Club put into to getting the track right. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll get the track okay and it's it's not good, and we race anyway. But they put in the effort, and uh, you know, as a rider, you know. We all appreciate that. So, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of talk about Indian this year, obviously because they're so dominant, and and uh, you're experiencing that as well. That 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 uh, that's it's equipment that's not matched by anybody else uh, currently. Um, what do you think that does for the sport? I mean, as far as uh, you know, Harley has been the dominant name in flat track for so long. You guys are experiencing some real some real crowds that you're racing against, or, or excuse me, racing in front of again. Um, so that's that's a good thing. I, I can't say that it's 100 percent related to Indian motorcycles, but what are your thoughts on the whole deal? I mean, it seems like American Flat Track's going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the the crowds have been better than ever. You know, I've been you know, a, a pro since, you know, on the series since Oh two. And, uh, you know, there was some pretty grim years there, you know, we kept chugging along, but, uh, you know, the last few years, yeah, like you said, that the attendance has been up. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's definitely cool. Um, you know, what Indian has put into this and, uh, you know, and obviously Harley they're, they're putting a lot into it, trying, um, you know, trying to get their new bike uh, up and going. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of stinks right now. It's kind of a, you know, one-man show with Indian right now. But, I mean, it, it the racing's good. You know, if I guess if you could look past, if you're not a, um, you know, a big brand-specific guy, you know, if you're just there to watch the racing, you know, everybody's pretty much on equal equipment. So it's kind of all about the rider right now. So, you know, guys are, guys are starting to tinker a little bit and, and – some guys are getting a little further ahead here and there learning these bikes, but, um, you know, it, it's good and bad. Um, I think for the racing, like I said, it's good because we're all basically on the same stuff. Um, but you know, it's, you know, we do need some more brands in there. Um, and I think it'll come. I think it'll come. I think just right now the, you know, the, the, the easy way out was just, you know, just to buy an Indian. Um, you know, the thing comes right out of the box, ready to race. There's, there's, all the development's been done. Um, what's, what's the basic the cost proven. on that? 
on the five in, zero grand. Yeah, five yeah, I know, zero. fifty thousand yeah, dollars. Retail price is fifty thousand. I think uh, you know. I think for a AFT team, I believe it's forty or forty five. Get a little bit of a. Discount. You get a little bit of a break, but you need two of them, right? You need two of them, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're if you're racing for points and, and want to be in it, you know, you got to have a backup just in case something happens. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, hundred grand and you know go racing. So that makes it tough, but I don't know. I mean, if you're developing a Kawasaki or a Yamaha, or you get or to pretty close too, there. Yeah, I mean, you can build it cheap, but you know, it, trying new parts and breaking things, learning. You know, it's you're going to spend a lot of money. So. You know, and Harley's weren't weren't is. cheap either. The previously dominant bike, the XR750, was not an inexpensive bike by any stretch. Thirty though, not fifty. Yeah, but you had to rebuild them. So I mean, if you talk to a guy who acted right. the mechanics, you were you were tearing them down a lot, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Those things, yeah. I mean, they had to come apart every week, and you know, at least inspect the top end and and inspect the cams and. And the way those things were getting, you know, with, with some of the newer Kawasaki's and Japanese bikes coming along, um, we were having to rev them things so much harder than we used to. So it was, so, you know, obviously so much harder on the motors. So, um, you know, <laughs> those that, four things that, you know, I, I love racing them, but every time you stick the starter in the side of it, it was like pulling the pin on the grenade and, and hope you can get the pin back in before it blows. You know, so. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. Oh, that's so nice. that ex- <laughs> that's that, really high five and Harley for <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, yeah, well, they, no, no. I mean, it was it was a great motor. It's a great motorcycle, and and sounds like it. Everybody was getting out of those things was was double triple what what it was ever designed for. Yeah, so, that's the whole deal. Um, it was spinning twenty five hundred RPMs that it was never intended to have in it. Exactly. Yeah. And what we've talked to a number of uh, flat trackers recently, um, and hopefully not to to stir up uh, any bad feelings. Uh, hopefully things are going exactly the way they that you want with your program, Jake. But are you thinking more crowds, more, more you know, bigger attendance at races, a real positive buzz going? Is that coming down to you, the racers? Uh, and is that the benefit of the crowd really being felt in any meaningful way by the uh, professionals that are out there, you know, lining up on the grid every week, week in, week out. Uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's still the same. I mean, you, you know, you look back at it, it's like, you know, it's cool. You're seeing more, more sponsorship and, and things like that coming into the sport. Um, you know, and that all, you know, comes back to, to fans, you know, the more fans, the, the, the more support we're going to get. But, uh, you know, as far as me race to race, when I line up, you know, I want to win whether there's 10 people watching or 10,000, you know, so it's, you know, as far as that, it's all the same to me, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, trying to win and, and, you know, whether, <laughs> you know, it, like I said, it's cool having, having that many more fans come and check it out and, you know, a lot more people excited talking to in the pits afterwards and things like that. But yeah, but Jake, you know, when it comes down to it. I want to win. Like I said, whether nobody's watching or, or there's a hundred thousand people watching, you know, that's fine. It will, but it's got to be easier to sell a program when you got the stands are full. Yeah. I'll- 
Jack, I think we may have uh, lost our, our guest. There's only about two minutes, maybe three minutes on the outside left in the segment. You listen to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. In studio, Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran. I'm Scott Casper with you. Big shout-out to uh, Edward Kulenkamp. In our, where did Ed move? He moved over the weekend, and he won't tell any of us what, uh, what town he moved to. He was in advanced North Carolina, but uh, he picked up his family and moved. I think they call it Advance. Advance. In North Carolina. Jake's okay. back on the phone. All right, let's go back to Jake Johnson. Jake? And he's by. <laughs> Jack, what are you doing? The, uh, I mean, we're, we're, this is iHeart, the, the iHeart <laughs> Studios, my friend. and uh, We're here in surely, a clip. Yeah, we can count on more than that. Times is tough. So Maybe, maybe uh, Jake's on Sprint. They I, seem to drop a lot, I want, <laughs> Roman. I want to, uh, if I can, address the Indian versus Harley uh, conversation. Um you know, Harley ruled the roost for so long. You go back how many years to one hundred? Uh, yeah, to yeah. the dominance of Honda Indy. gave him a little bit of a headache there. Literally the a hundred years, though, mm-hmm. for yeah, the most part. Honda gave him a little bit of a headache in the eighties. But right now, Indian is challenging Harley to be better than they they were. Uh, did they make the right change at the right time? Some people are scratching their head and saying no. Who Harley or Harley. Indian? Harley. Yeah. Well, the Indian obviously did. I, I think, and not to jump in to. Quickly, go, but go ahead and jump in. You know, I think Harley just kind of was sitting on their laurels just because they've been so dominant for so many years and they weren't putting in as much R&D or effort into maybe putting in a new bike because they already had a bike that was dominant. I would argue the top riders racing Harley Davidson motorcycles would have been competitive with the new Indian motorcycles and those racers as well. The 750 be a lot closer. Yeah. We got Jake back on the phone, but for now anyway, until he, he drops. He'll hang up. He'll hang up. Jake, uh, the XR750 be way more competitive than the, the the current product that Harley's putting on the track, correct? Um, yes and no. I mean, I actually rode an XR at uh, Rapid City, um, the rate, uh, the half mile after the Buffalo Chip, and uh, kind of took a gamble. Um, you know, I ended up riding the XR at X Games, and you know, it was just a little tiny first year short track, basically, and. Uh, you know, ended up third on it. And it's like, man, we need to we need to drag this thing out one more time. And uh, you know, I, I think I think the XR still has its place, but I think with uh, with some of these new bikes, they just accelerate so much faster. And uh, you know, not necessarily more horsepower, just accelerate faster and and you know, get down the straightaway a bit quicker. And you know, I struggled with it honestly. Uh, you know, I think I think I finished fifteenth or so. I, I went from you know, fast qualifier at one point, and uh, as the night went on, the track got faster and faster, and I kind of just stayed the same speed, and, and, you know, the Indians and everything else were able to get a little more grip and, and pick it up. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, that's a tough call. Um, you know, I think I think the XR still has its place, at, you know, at, at certain tracks, but uh, I, I kind of do believe it overall it's, it, it's seen its day, I think. And yeah. the XG is the XG. I think is what Tony was trying to compare it to the new Harley Davidson, and yeah, I think of course. that bike is is developing rapidly. Might be a strong term, but so, it's developing. Rapidly yeah, <laughs> yeah, is definitely yeah, a structure. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spent spent the whole season on one last year, and uh, you know, it, obviously it was a struggle. Um, you know, we we made some progress. You know, throughout the year, it was it was just a lot. You know. Uh, sure. You know, every time we would make progress, you know, we'd run into, you know, a weak point. You know, it was just a lot of, you know, uh, 
durability testing too. You know, we, we weren't just trying to go faster. We were trying to make the thing live. And, you know, so we, we didn't progress as, as fast as I would have liked to or anybody would have liked to. But, um, you know, it, it seems like they've this year they're making some progress and, uh, you know, having flashes of brilliance here and there. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I've ridden a lot of, a lot of different brand motorcycles throughout my career. And, um, you know, you ride at one place, it's really good. And you take the same setup to somewhere similar, and it's just off. You know, right. it doesn't have that uh, that universal. You know that you know it's it's not a fully universal motorcycle yet. You know where the Indian is at, and where the XR was at one time. Um, but they'll you know they'll get there. They'll get there. It it doesn't happen happen overnight. Up against the clock here, Jake. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us as always, and uh, continued success to you as uh, you continue to redevelop that brand. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, sorry about the uh, the lateness and the, the bad cell phone and <laughs> all that. Yeah, you I'll had the feature to, spot I'll, on the show. Uh, I know. I'll try to be better next time. I guess when we're talking about all these new fans and flat track, it looks like I need to call Verizon and see if I can get a cell phone sponsor. Would you please? And Good a, luck at the walk. end of the season, Jake. You're you're doing great. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There we go. Jake Johnson heads to the pits. This portion of our show brought to you by Wisecope Performance Products. We'll be back. Stay tuned. It's Pit Pass. Hey, this is Mike Lafferty, eight-time National Enduro Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com it's much more than a piston company wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products including forged pistons precision forged clutch baskets and hubs crankshafts camshafts forged connecting rods and valves at wiseco we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle atv snowmobile personal watercraft outboard marine engine or automobile on the market today after 70 years in the business wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter-weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Passionate about motorcycles? Ever heard of the saying that you should make a career out of what you love to do? MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com is a state-of-the-art online job board built exclusively for the power sports industry. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com connects job candidates who are passionate about the motorcycle industry with companies and dealerships that may be looking for you. Upload resumes, receive new job notifications, or just surf the site for your dream job. Turn your passion into a career at MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. This is Vicki Golden. I was just on Tip Ass Radio. Check out Arena Cross for more of my racing. Well, we'd like to check out more of Arena Cross, but Arena Cross is sadly gone by the wayside. Boom, boom, so, boom, Jack, boom. let's go ahead and take Jack, can we take that one out, please? Plus, uh, Vicky got hurt. I yeah, mean, Vicky just, Golden. Yeah, you know, yeah just yeah. take it out permanently. It's like Evan Ben Evans promos running to Matt Bonney. They're, yeah, just, we're, they're we're done. Producing on the fly here. Uh, coming up, uh, hour number two, Michael uh, from Front Porch Media is going to be joining us. He'll be calling in. And uh, Max Gersten will have an open segment as well to kind of chat about what's going on around the world and across the country as we continue this edition of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Tony? All right, Josh Chang, he, uh, he grabbed his second win of the season in Indiana at the Wade Farm event. With the win, he's now leading the Kenda Full Gas Sprint Enduro Series, string one, three tests total in Indiana, all of them, uh, all of the then cross tests. String also ranked racing in the Amsoil GNCC Series and is in fifth overall in that series. He had a podium, second place finish at round seven at the John Penn in Ohio. He joins us now, Josh Strang, riding the Husky. What's up, man? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you guys? That was a lot of excitement for you. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a busy couple of months, so, uh, um, a new addition to the family, June twenty three, and then uh, yeah, a couple of good good races at the GNCCs, and then some good races at the Full Gas as well. So it's been a busy, busy uh, couple of months. That's right. Uh, you, I forgot. Yeah. What'd Congratulations. You, what'd you name your little baby? Uh, Maverick. That's right. You were uh, not Tony. No, nobody would do that. Shockingly, Anthony was not on the list. No. I was, what about Actually, Anthony Maverick? No, what, there's a Maverick's there's a cool a, name. First of all, there's a court order. Iceman could have named him Ice Tony Iceman. There's no. a court order, <laughs> and, and there's probably a matter of good taste. Yeah, involved in the naming of the child. That so. makes one of us. Yeah. Well, that's a, <laughs> hey, Josh. That's a great great day. That's uh, my daughter was born on the 24th, so pretty, oh, yeah, cl- no. pretty close. She turned 18 yep. though. Yeah, so, so they can still different. be friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little different. But uh, how old are you, Josh? 
I'm 30. I turned 30 in April, so uh, wow. I'm uh, Neat. the vet class. Yeah, oh. you're getting to be some old. Uh, sure. You're old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you're just yeah. the guy yeah. they want to see in the vet class, too. <laughs> no, comes kidding. a cherry picker. Oh, yes, no. and you thought you're going to win the plus 30. String comes <laughs> along and ruins your life. Well, that's, that's what I... Uh, I actually want to, I've actually thought about doing Loretta's. Um, That'd be cool. I thought about doing this year. I just ran out of ran out of weekends really to yeah. do the qualifiers. But uh, that's the biggest thing, man. Year, I would like to do uh, twenty five plus, and I thought I could do thirty plus, but I I'm not sure of the rule on the. Mm-hmm. the no, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can do the thirty. The twenty five is super fast. I. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to discount you because you're a woods guy or anything, but uh, uh, you said woods. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Woods. I, I thought you said something else without the name. Uh, I wouldn't be too bummed if Brownie goes out and smokes me. He still rides pretty good. No kidding. Wow, he's he's impressive. Um, talk about the Ken Full Gas series, the uh, Sprint Enduros. You, you uh, obviously you're doing very well there. Um, that's a neat series that we've you know we just saw pop up in the last few years. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, this year, I've actually got support from Husky to do. Um, the whole series, so it was good. I got a, I have a race bike at the house, and uh, I have to get it ready and prep it and go to the races myself. But uh, I get, I get a uh, like the support to go do the races and and bonuses and all that. So it's made it um, a fun extra series that I, that I enjoy and I feel like I'm, I do fairly well at. So uh, um, unfortunately, Stipes he was leading the series and he didn't come to the last round. Uh, he did the. The designations commitment at Unadilla. So, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I took the points lead, but he wasn't. He didn't show up. So, uh, but anyway, I'll take it. So uh, we got two more rounds of that left. One next weekend down in uh, Union, South Carolina, and then uh, the last one is in West Virginia, I think, in o- October, and that's on a on on an old golf course. So, uh, yeah, that should be fun. That should be fun, Josh. Hey, so you're saying Husky gave you a bike for the Sprint Enduros? Obviously, you already have a bike with GNCC stuff. Are they the same bike, different bike, two-stroke, four-stroke? What are you riding? Yeah, same bike as my GNCC. Just, uh, we just run a regular-sized tank, like the motocross tank on it, and uh, and just a little less, just some stuff that's a little less uh, weight. I think the, the boys at Factory Services um, do some stuff to the motor, but other than that, it's fairly similar to my practice bike and my GNCC race bike, so... Just a, mainly the smaller tank, really, um, just to keep it light, and, uh, light and nimble for a 450. So uh, makes it easy. You know, we were talking about motocross. Uh, Caleb did the uh, signed up for an outdoor national, and, and obviously we saw him have a pretty bad get off there. But uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on on uh, your speed, what your expectations would be if you did some outdoor nationals like that, because we know that you. And I got a lot of respect for you, Josh. I know that there's uh, – um, what happened here? Nothing. Um, I, Scott, put your phone away. I'm sorry. Um, I got a lot of respect for you and and, and admire you that you, you went and, and you know, you, when you practiced and trained strictly on motocross tracks when you lived in California. And, uh, you know, we've been following you a long time, and I've always been curious how well you would do uh, if you did some uh, – some outdoor nationals. What do you think? You, how do you think that'd go for you as a racer? Do That's you, a good question. I mean, that the the sprinting is, you know, you guys have trained to run three three plus hours, where this is more of a sprint for you. You know, the thirty minutes. But uh, you, you think you'd be competitive? 
Uh, well, I did a couple. I did two, one in 2010 and one in 2011. So it's been, that's a long time ago now. Uh, and I think I, the best I got was a 19th or a 20th or something in a moto. So, uh, so you scored points? I, yeah, yeah, I think I scored eight point or points. Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, I think if I went now, I think I'd still qualify. I'd just have to spend a lot more time um, preparing for it. Like, uh, as far as, like you said, trying to go out and sprint for the 30 minutes. I think. Uh, if I could do that, I think I think I could still be somewhere, in, uh, not inside the top twenty, maybe around twentieth. I think um, I've been riding with Caleb a bit, and he did man, he did good. It was cool to see him and I. Have, um, let's just say we we haven't been the best of buds the past couple of years, but uh, I think like now we've put that past us, and we we get along if we go to the track and we can have conversations and everything. So. Uh, we rode a bit this year on the motocross track, and he was he was riding good. So I, I think if it was a dry track and he he uh, and everything went well, I think he was a twelfth to fifteenth place guy. So uh, when it rained there in Unadilla, I think it was good for him racing in the mud. For sure, that's what I thought too. Yeah. So I mean, he he did really good. I mean, that was I think it was awesome, awesome for our discipline anyway. And and uh, uh, but yeah, if I went back, I I believe I could get. Anywhere from 18th to 30th, I think. <laughs> Obviously, I'd love to get love to score points. Single points. <laughs> I, I think I, I saw him at 17th. Actually, I, I think <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short a little bit. Josh, do you think anybody but, cares? I mean, as far as like, do you think do you think that brings? And I don't mean it by you scoring a point, but do you, what I mean by it is, is a guy coming from a different discipline, a GNCC guy that comes in and and does well and shows that you guys are competitive and you, you guys are really phenomenal racers and athletes. Do you think that does anything for the sport of GNCC? Or, or I mean, I know on the TV broadcast, Wygant and and Langston made a big deal out of out of uh, Caleb racing. But I mean, do, do you think it, it it makes fan like true fans that aren't involved like we are that just they go, man, I I want to go check out a GNCC? Or do you think there's yeah, any crossover I, for the fans anyway? Yeah, I think there is. I think it's more. I think like the top, the very top guys who don't really have much... Like, some of those guys, really, that's all they focus on is Supercross and Motocross. They don't really know much... Like, they don't really pay attention to much else. And I think those top guys, when, when someone like Caleb comes and does fairly well, I think they they gain a lot more respect for woods races. But then I still think, like, the... I don't want to say the punk, but but the other guys that are finishing 20th through 40th, they're still like, oh, he just... Uh, he raced in the mud, so he, that's why he did good. You know, like we we don't get any credit from the those guys that are that are further back in the pack. The guys that you like, pass. Yeah, yep. but I think the guys that are running up front and they're like, Man, this this guy's a woods racer and he's he's doing pretty good. I think we get a lot of respect from those guys and then um as far as fans, I, I don't know it's, if it's a, someone who has no idea about motorcycle riding, I don't think it would make a difference. It's just um guys racing around, but I think the like a moto fan who sees that, I think they would pay a little more attention, but I think that's almost the same thing as those guys that are in 20th. If it's a motocross fan, they're going to be like, oh, he just did good because it was muddy or or it was a, he got lucky it was a one-off race or something like that. But I think it helps a little bit. Um, I think most, for us, it helps the most um, inside the industry and like, like I said, with those top... Um, top guys that race. Good point. I think we get a lot of respect from the industry and, and uh, the races. 
Josh, do you think that it also could help promote you guys and your brand as far as GNCC goes or or even the full gas sprint enduros with maybe getting some more mainstream sponsorships or possibly some some more TV time or some more exposure? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that would help every sport. <laughs> like, it would help us. It would help motocross and supercross. They want more. And, I mean, I'll, yeah, of course we'd want more to get more um, advertisement and sponsorship and money in our pockets and all that sort of stuff. It's just difficult. I mean, the 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 GNCC people, there's so many fans and riders and that that go to that, that series. They just, that's the thing they do on the week, their weekends off. They go race GNCC and, and, uh, I don't, it's so hard. Our tracks are so long and so far out almost to the middle of nowhere where it's hard to get TVs and we sell it boys. Sell it. Yeah. I mean, we try. <laughs> well, you know, I, it, your, your brand, Josh Strang is the brand and yeah. you're on pro row and that has value to wherever you go next year. I don't know where your contract is, but we're running out of time, but I just, I'm just telling you, you've, you've got a real brand there, Josh. So, uh, you do a great yeah. job of, of promoting yourself and your and your your uh, turn it up a little bit louder, Jack. Please, I can't hear myself at all. But uh, anyway, it's great having you on the show. Okay. Yeah, boy. Thanks for having me. God bless you. Thanks, Josh. Josh Strang. Thank you so much. I want to thank Rory O'Neill and Jake Johnson as well. Coming up, hour number two of the big program as we uh, bring it to you. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Now in our what fourteenth year or so? Somebody said fourteen years, something like that. But uh, we're looking forward to bringing you hour number two. We've got some great guests there and some open time as well. Matt Gerson is going to be joining us, and Michael from uh, Front Porch Media will be joining us as well for the very first time. Stay tuned. That's coming up next. This is America's Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber.
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. It's a weekly program done 52 weeks a year for a reason. We talk motorcycle racing, the lifestyle. We talk uh, just plain riding as well. Uh, we talk with industry executives. We talk with uh, racers and team managers, wrenches. We talk with everybody. The program produced by Jack and Leanne DeLeon. Leanne on the uh, live line as far as the internet goes. And Jack producing the radio or terrestrial version of this program on iHeart's uh, KXNO and also on the iHeart app. So you can listen uh, in 52 countries now. Uh, I also want to thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for contributing as they always do. Thanks, guys. Uh, Tony Wink in studio along with Ron. PJ Duran, yours truly, Scott Casper. Ed Kulenkamp helped design this program on this particular day, and we appreciate that. Hour number one, we had Jake Johnson, Rory O'Neill, and Josh Strang, not necessarily in that order. Uh, in hour number two, we are scheduled to have Max Gersten uh, on the program, but we start with, uh, well, Tony, our new boss. Are you ready for it? I am. All right. Michael D'Aloya uh, is uh, joining us from Front Porch Media. Michael, good evening. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Well, good. Uh, first of all, this is the first time, believe it or not, in the six months it took for us to process this, <laughs> that I've had a chance to even speak with you because Ed would never tell me who you were. Uh, Ed's very secretive. <laughs> he is secretive like that, so I apologize, but I'm really thrilled that you guys invited me on. Well, I'm glad. Perhaps uh, after we're done with our interview, you can you can uh, give Jack your uh, contact information so I have a way to – you already got it, Jack? Oh, Jack's on top of things. That's why yeah. Jack's been producing this program for 14 years, but he's been with iHeart now for over 30. Uh, so congratulations, Jack. 35 years. 45 years? 29. Okay, I'm not good with fingers. I know you're not okay. good with fingers. <laughs> anyway, Michael, thank you for joining us. Um, explain uh, Front Porch Media to our listeners out there, and then we'll get into the uh, expectations, what they can expect uh, in the coming months and years from Front Porch Media, because let's face it, people in motorcycling are pretty protective of, of their sport and how it's promoted. Uh, that's why we got into it to begin with years and years ago. We wanted to see and hear people talk about the sports they love so much. Well, one of the reasons why we enjoyed uh, talking with Ed about Pit Pass and finally concluding the acquisition was we, we love people with that type of passion. And, uh, and Front Porch is obviously a little bit different than motocross. Uh, we, we tend to create family-friendly, safe-at-work podcasts and radio programming. We currently have eight podcasts in production and available for everybody at uh, thefrontporchpeople.com. Thrilled to have Pit Pass as the ninth show. We've got nice. another six in pre-production. Uh, and you know, it's been a, a, quite an evolution. We started the company in January of 2017. Wow. With just just a couple shows. I had myself and two interns. And, uh, and, and luckily some really great you know financial backing to, to make these things possible. We've grown from that. To now we've got again the eight shows, now nine with with uh, Pit Pass, right? And uh, we've obviously expanded up to twelve employees, and we're always looking to 
to keep growing. Obviously, this show is a, a little bit different than the programs that you currently offer. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But, but that's okay. You know, if you don't stretch uh, the bounds of the imagination, you don't grow. Talk to us about the programming you have been offering uh, since beginning. Big Audacious uh, Idea, for example. Big Audacious was born out of the idea of how do we answer the, the big ephemeral questions and of life, such as why does time only move in one direction, why are we human, how do we communicate, and really found a great host in Craig James, and really a murderer's row um, of heavy hitters in terms of host, uh, guest host, okay. to help us answer these questions and, and guide us through to some sort of resolution. Uh, and it, it, it's proved to be a very popular show, and we're about to announce that we're bringing it back for a second season. Nice. Um, probably in early 2019. That show takes a lot of time to, to produce. It took us seven months to get that from start to finish ready. I would imagine there's a lot of research that goes into it. Um, Indeed. Uh, because, yeah. you, you, listen, I've been doing radio for 35, 40 years now, and, and shows don't just happen. Uh, it helps if you have a track record with the people you're interviewing uh, so you have a conversational basis. But uh, when you have an idea that stretches the bounds of the imagination – uh, like Coast to Coast, for example, and does just that, and they're on our sister station, WHO. But, uh, you know, you cover so much ground besides Big Audacious, Design Everywhere. Talk to us about Design Everywhere, the podcast. Yeah, Design Everywhere. Um, on staff, we've got a number of individuals who, who love to talk about design, uh, primarily our chief creative officer, David Moss. And I will sit around and we'll debate the virtues of the new iPhone and or a, a, a new backpack, or something that's got a design flair attached to it. Like, so a, took this like a piece of luggage, for example, that you can just slide your, your cell phone into and it automatically charges while you're going through the airport. My wife recently bought one of these uh, suitcases, and I'm very jealous. <laughs> I saw that on uh, Shark Tank. I saw it on Shark Tank. It's a, it's a tremendous <laughs> idea. Or, or the vests or the jackets with designed with... Uh, um, um, uh, what do you call it, battery packs in, inside of them? Sure, they weigh another 60 or 70 pounds, but the point is you don't need to stop at an outlet if you can find one in an air, airport, uh, bus station or whatever. Um, it's already on your person. I think that's pretty cool as well. So Design Everywhere really is talking about design and function of a variety of different topics across the board. Yeah, it's talking about how American design aesthetic is, is changing uh, the worldview of design. Okay. And uh, the classic example that I bring out to people is when I was in India, in in Mumbai, there was a there was a bombing, and so I naturally turned on the TV to find out more about this bombing that happened in the city that I was visiting. And I stopped on a channel that looked just like CNN. It took me some time to realize that while it looked like CNN in the graphics <laughs> and the displays. Everything was going in reverse. The words were going backwards to what I'm normally used to. But it, it was a carbon copy of CNN wow. and uh, an American design in a media format, but in India. And that's where that kind of generated this idea of how, how design is becoming more and more universal. So wherever you travel in the world, there are identifiers that you just know are good design. 
But that's so. that's where we we haven't necessarily struggled, but it's definitely been a focus for us on Pit Pass and on my other program as well, Takedown. Um, we didn't want to be like everybody else. We wanted to be an industry leader, uh, and by taking an, you know a certain idea um, in in our in our sport, whatever the sport is, and focusing on that, and then bringing the experts in that know how to talk about it because they are that the experts, then we can really start growing, right? That's true. Now it takes time to grow. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've been on the radio for, for quite some time. I think with us, and one of the reasons why, why we gravitated to Pit Pass was the longevity and the patience to make something special happen. Because not, nothing happens overnight. Right. Uh, the, the, the podcast that becomes super popular with one show, like a serial, it's one literally out of 550,000 podcasts. Uh, meaning it's super rare. It's not going to happen all the time. So what you need is longevity and consistency to make these things happen. Mm. Our guest, Michael Day, uh, lawyer, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'll get it. I promise you that it's a fine Italian name. You know, it's real interesting in, in Cleveland on the east side of Cleveland, which is heavily Italian. It's De Loya. Everybody on the West, it's got a little bit more Hispanic influence. It's De La Hoya. And I answer to both. (laughs) Oscar. Okay. (laughs) All right. Heard That Song is another podcast. Talk to us about Heard That Song uh, from Front Porch Media. Our founder, Joan Andrews, is a huge music lover. And this was one of her first forays into music where we take a standard from the Great American Songbook. Right. And we play the original. We have two jazz masters kind of debating the merits of the original, and then we play four or five contemporary playings of that song, so different artists and their riff on the original Great American Songbook. And is your host Joe Hunter? Yeah, well, Joe's just an amazing man, and he's dynamic, and we're just thrilled that he's coming back for yet another season of uh, I've Heard That Song Before. You know, one of the things I like about Joe is his, his knowledge and ability to expound on what he knows. Not everybody can do both. In other words, have the knowledge and then be able to share it. Uh, so that that's key to my enjoyment of a podcast or a radio program, and has been for years. I listen. I literally listen to radio all night long. It drowns out the uh, the the sounds in my head. <laughs> all right, uh, green light reviews. Are we talking radio, television, podcast? Uh, when we talk about green light, uh, a motion picture uh, gets a green light. I get hired, and boom, we do the movie. So talk talk to us about green light reviews. Historically, Greenlight has been your typical movie review show okay. um, with some hosts that have had a, a lot of Hollywood knowledge, um, written for a number of movies and for some TV shows. And that, that's a show that's going to go through an, an evolution. We, we love the format and, and the host, but it, some things do get dated. And so we wanted to look at a new purview for this. Our new season is out of uh, Greenlight Review, and in 2019, we'll retool that show just a little bit to broaden, I think, its uh, relevance and awareness. Okay. And, Michael, is there a cost to the average listeners that go on and subscribe to these individual podcasts, or are they collectively, uh, as we've made uh, Pit Pass, uh, at least to this point, um, an advertiser-driven program? It's all advertising driven okay so the, the podcast will forever remain free you know we we have debated as i'm sure you have too on 
whether to provide a paywall or a subscriber wall to get additional content. Right. You know, be it a video of, of you guys in the studio or some B-roll, uh, some interviews that got cut, whatever the case may be. But the podcast, we believe, should always be at the forefront. They should be free. Uh, for everybody, I agree. It's 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 very it's very akin um, to how I started in radio and television. In that, I wanted to make sure that what we were saying, what we were doing, was there was no hindrance or barrier to the listener or the viewer. In other words, while we think our opinion may count, and those opinions of our our listener, excuse me, our guests and the experts, the so-called experts, what I believe is that what they have to say is much more important than any dollar that could be brought in on the front end. And if you deliver enough people, you should be uh, saleable to an advertiser like Wiseco or, or uh, Hickler Power Sports or whoever, okay? Um, and I believe that's part and parcel having a great sales staff that can recognize what you're doing and sell it to the, you know, to the correct people that, that actually complement the sound of the broadcast agree or disagree Scott I, I, I agree uh, in this type of content I, I think it helps people form good opinions about a, a variety of topics gets them more educated on a particular topic and these should be um, free Joan again our, our founder and myself have had backgrounds in radio we, we love terrestrial radio we have our own little fledgling radio network where we're playing a number of our shows uh, in the Northeast Ohio area on a few stations. And we, and we hope to grow it because we think podcasts and radio as pit passes proved are, are a great formula to be combined right. and to be used together for the power of good. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we agree 100%. We've always treated our show um, and, and surely we are more than willing to change should you need us to because <laughs> you are the boss. But uh, I will say this. We've always treated the show as a radio program first, and I know our executive producer, Jack DeLeon, would agree that it creates a different sound. First of all, we have a higher standard, our language. Uh, we hold up to FCC standards and regulations, but also with iHeart and Clear Channel prior to that and all other stations along the, uh, along the way that I've been on. Um, we, we, we treat radio a little bit differently because I think it's what we grew up with. Podcast is a very unique tool. It's a very unique distribution point, but you've been able to call, if you will, and build uh, a, f- a fine uh, family of programs that, uh, and I don't know how many of them are 52 weeks a year. I mean, we love being 52 weeks a year. It's hard enough to get on a radio network. And Tony, you know this. It's hard enough to get on a radio network um, if you only do 13 or 26 episodes and try getting back on. Well, try. they got that spot to fill. And then and once it's once you have a routine, they, they can plan around it. But when you have to start juggling and, and back and forth, it, it, it creates a lot of work for people. Right, right, exactly. And, uh, and when we have a cast of characters that jump on our program uh, on, a, on a weekly basis, including Roman Avila. These are industry uh, experts, Roman Avila, of course, P.J. Duran from Hicklin Power Sports. But uh, these are people that really care, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, some of our writers and contributors. And I know that most of your podcasts have people like that behind them. How important is that to you guys? It's important for us to have the same cast per show because there needs to be continuity. Right. And I think people gravitate to a friendly and well-known voice, whether they know that individual personally or not. Um, the voice means something. Right. And we really focus on that. Now, we may have three or four hosts on a show, 
but they're consistently on that show, and, and we make sure that they're integrated well into that. And especially the newer shows like Big Audacious Idea, Design Everywhere, and Wake Up Call, where you, you tend to have a singular host, yeah, you know, talking through some really interesting and and, uh, and at times complex issues. We want to have that singular voice. We are, are huge fans, like I said, of, of radio. We grew up on radio. Yeah, I grew up on Paul Harvey, mm-hmm. and not only did he have a commanding voice, but he just had a way to talk to the common man and woman of this country. That's, right. That's what we hope our podcasts are broadcast like, just like Pit Pass is. We, we, I love the Paul Harvey aspect of being able to tell a story, take you through a commercial break, bring, bring you back, recant, or not recant, but uh, recap, and then close out the story, so, you know, dividing it up page three. Okay, Paul did, um, and and so did Paul Jr. Um, did a wonderful job of educating, entertaining, and informing. And if we hit all three of those buttons in one program, dude, we are on fire. Let's go to Tony Wink. Tony? I'm just curious, who, what's the oldest program of your offerings? Is it Pit Pass, or do you have an older one? Well, Pit Pass now takes the lead in terms of you know, time being on on air for our podcast. Okay, it would be novel conversation. Which, is the, which was in a radio format, as some of their shows were prior to us recutting them and doing some new shows in a podcast format. Sure. Uh, and by the way, folks, you can find out more information online at thefrontporchpeople.com. Uh, they recently acquired us, and uh, and gratefully so. And this gives us an opportunity to continue growth with perhaps a different perspective, and that's where growth comes from. It doesn't come from the same people doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Uh, and that's, by the way, your website, I think, is outstanding because it's easy to see the various podcasts. Uh, that are there. It's easy to click on them and make them play. It tells us all about, you know, uh, what what services they can find the podcast on. Very simple, very easy, very clean. Who designs the website? Well, we merged with a uh, advertising agent, a digital agency last June called Moss Media. Sure. And David Moss, the principal of Moss Media, became our chief creative officer. David and I have worked together before. We had a company many years ago called EmergingChefs.com where we did a number of culinary events. And uh, I just always wanted to work with him again. We had to find the right venue to do that. He's he's just an amazing driver of culture within the company, but also design and marketing outside of the company. He has his fingerprints on a lot of things uh, within and without Front Porch. And I... Had you seen the original tiles that we had for the shows that we inherited when, when, when we formed the company, um, to what they are today, it's, it's completely unfair, <laughs> the, the design <laughs> uh, change. And <laughs> that's, it, a great way to, that's a great way to say it, Michael. That's really good. <laughs> we, we are huge believers in branding and design, and one of the things we've done with the tiles is that if you look at them all, they should remind you of a 1960s jazz album cover so that when you look at a front porch show, you can tell within a a number of tiles that they're all related and they all look the same, even though they have a different motif. And, and David did all of that design and uh, we're about to launch a new channel outside of front porch people called evergreen, which is where, you know, pit pass will have 
access to and will be on. And David's working on just a groundbreaking design for that as well. I really can't wait to get that channel launched with all the new additional shows that we're putting out. The Front Porch People, located in Lakewood, Ohio. Recently, I was working at the Q uh, in in Cleveland, and I think that the, the, the mark of a good radio host is when people that perhaps you've never met come up to you and talk as if you know them. They know you because you come into their living room, into their ears, into the cars or their their iPhones or whatever. Um, they know you, and they've listened to you for years and years and years. Uh, but they come up and start talking to you as if it's common. And I think that's the mark of a good, a good program and, and, a, and a host or a job well done by the host and those that interact on the program. And we're going to continue to try to do that and uh, make that our goal for you folks. But uh, you let us know what more we can do for you, Michael, because quite frankly, we're very excited about the future. And I can't wait to see new artwork. Uh, new website design, uh, whatever you guys have planned for us. And it's a big job. Uh, I, I get that. It's a very big job. It'll be interesting to have somebody that knows what they're doing really uh, dig into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we can't wait to work with you guys. And uh, I do need to make a trip out west. But more importantly, if if you're ever in Cleveland again, God, Tony, you, uh, I cannot wait to take you out to, to dinner and to talk in, in more detail and uh, to hear some more stories and some good tall tales about the, your time at Pit Pass and uh, in your careers. You know, that was the site of my first Wahlburger. How about that? In Cleveland? Yeah, I was walking <laughs> from Cleveland? the queue. I was walking from the queue back to my hotel. I was working for the NCAA, and uh, so I had to keep my expenses down, so Uber was out of the question for that short, <laughs> that short walk. That's rough. But I know, right? But um, I stopped and grabbed a Wahlburger, and uh, I'd never had a better hamburger in my life. I tell you what, I go to Mentor once in a while, so uh, that may be fun, Michael. We'll get in, we'll get together, and have some fun. Tony, that would be just wonderful. That's a hop, skip, and a jump away from Cleveland, as you know. Sure. And, uh, we can meet somewhere in the middle and, and really have a great time. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, you have? Do you have my phone information? We are going to get it. Scott. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I really want to talk to you guys. Offline. <laughs> Well, tell you what, hang on the phone, and uh, and I'll make sure you get uh, uh, our information, uh, our cell phones and contact info and all that. I know it's been a big moving project for you guys, but uh, awful glad we've done it, and uh, can't wait for the future. Front Porch People, those are the uh, the new owners of Pit Pass Radio. We intend to continue to educate, entertain, and inform uh, throughout our mediums, and that's radio and, of course, podcasts, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it on the Internet in a new format on our website as well michael thank you thank you gentlemen i appreciate it all right stand by don't hang don't hang up jack do not hang up on him okay you may be the executive producer but he is the boss i didn't hang up on him come on (laughs) all right stay tuned there's more pit pass around the corner this portion of our program brought to you by wiseco wiseco performance products they are available at dealerships near you if they don't have wiseco ask for them by name i guarantee you they will do their level best to bring wiseco products into the dealership near you i'm scott casper for pit pass stay tuned more after this hey it's ron sipes you're listening to pit pass radio 
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than and on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. 
Hey, this is Ricky Carmichael, the principal of the Ricky Carmichael University, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Welcome back to Pit Pass Radio. Thanks for listening. We just got done speaking with uh, the proverbial new boss, Scott, Mike, <laughs> Michael D. Aloya. Yeah. I think I got it said correctly there. In parts of America, it's D. A lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, or need a lawyer. I think need a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they not go into the law, a practice of law? I don't know because it was that close. Great guy, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking with him. And I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more of that in the future as we discover front porch and the front porch people. Look for him online at front porch frontporchpeople.com. Thanks to Ed for helping to make that uh, whole thing happen. So, Tony, uh, introductions go to you for our next guest. All right, we're going to talk to Max Gershon. He's a defending AMA West hair scramble champion and a veteran top enduro cross racer. Finished fourth place in the Tennessee Knockout uh, last year and uh, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Max joins us. What's up, Max? How are you? How you been? Hey, hey guys. I'm doing great. Doing great. How's everything in Scottsdale? You know, I, I'm actually out here in the New River area, which is kind of the northern outskirts of Phoenix. Um, and I'll tell you what, boys, it is hot today. Well, I didn't ask where you were. I, I asked how everything was in Scottsdale. <laughs> he wants to swing down there and check it out. Would you let us know? <laughs> it's hot in Phoenix. I, I suppose that's how it is in August. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's pretty warm here, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm only two hours away from Flagstaff, so I can zip up there and go mountain biking and do some training up there and uh anything done down here just has to be done early in the morning that's for sure so when you are racing or riding as it were um and it's so hot but it's a dry heat you can uh the sweat evaporates from your body the 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 atmosphere actually sucks the moisture out of you um how cognizant are you of hydration and hydration needs um, and, and what your body's telling you while you're, you're racing, because racing will take a lot out of you. Yeah. It's so funny that you just said that because I was just sitting here a minute ago and I grabbed my gallon of water and I just continued pounding on it because I mean, when you're out in this heat, I mean, it does, just like you said, the, the heat really sucks it right out of you and you have to stay on top of it because once you get to the point where you're dehydrated, you have, it, it's like, it's kind of hard to get back rehydrated again. So, I mean, I'm constantly, I drink like you know, a gallon and a half of water a day, probably. It's ridiculous. Are you putting electrolytes back in your body? I know Tony's real cognizant of electrolytes and, and things like yeah. uh, potassium, things like that. When you sweat, the things that you lose are pretty specific. And it's hard to get those back in the right quantities. Like Red Skelton, an old comedian, would go out on stage, and he would sweat so much, he would drink an entire six-pack of Heineken just to replace the potassium he lost on stage. He would lose 11, 12 pounds of water uh every time he went on stage and that's hard on a, on a guy let alone a guy that's 70 years old you know what i'm saying oh yeah i can really imagine I, I didn't know that people had 11 pounds of water weight to even lose i didn't either i didn't believe it we weighed his tuxedo before and we weighed his tuxedo afterwards and sure enough it was 11 pounds Maybe he shouldn't have been wearing a tuxedo then. That <laughs> would seem the obvious <laughs> well, answer. He's old school, old school comedy. He's dead now, but uh, I think he was low on potassium. Tony, I know you had your hand up. You wanted to go next. I was just curious how the riding's been and, and the season and what you've been up to. Just kind of give us an update, would you, Max? Yeah, for sure. Um, not a lot of people are you know super aware of the situation, but three weeks ago I had Beta out here at my my home track and. Uh, 
were doing some testing and stuff like that, and my bike actually ran out of gas on the worst place possible on my endurocross track here, and I went flying through the air, and long story short, I got a pretty big concussion, and I broke a couple of ribs in my upper back, and uh, yeah, it was pretty, not pretty, so uh, just just on Sunday is the first day that I started to feel pretty much normal again, so up until this point, I've been really like, you know, I've had a lot of injuries before, broken bones and tendons and ligaments and, you know, all that stuff is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really matter, you know, it's just pain, it just kind of hurts a little bit, but, you know, you just kind of get over it, but this this concussion, I haven't really had one before, and man, this thing, it, it puts you on your butt, man, I, I, yeah. I've never, I felt like I was highly, highly, highly intoxicated for like a week and a half, it was the weirdest feeling, so... I just started feeling normal again. I started riding. I've been riding a couple of times, and um, I'm actually seeing a, a, a neurologist tomorrow to get a doctor's release for uh, the Prescott Endurocross this weekend. We did a two-hour special, if you recall, Tony. Do you remember this? Yeah. Uh, and it was, I was surprised at the number of people in our industry that would not comment. And I'm talking about helmet manufacturers, those that approve the helmets. Uh, and what, what's the name of the company that does the approval or the the the, the testing well there's snell and there's yep snow yeah i mean they have an opinion and they state it on their website but they're not willing to go on a radio show and and have a conversation about it the nfl is finally facing their demons uh and uh, the, the, all sports is how about this women's soccer is one of the worst at, at concussions yeah it's brutal and watching <laughs> You know, I'm surprised to hear you guys say that that they that they don't want to have a discussion about it because I mean, at the end of the day, this is rider safety that we're talking about right. here, and that's something that needs to be discussed. It's not something that's optionally discussed. I mean, this is serious, serious stuff, and this is the future of. I mean, there are all of our children too. You know, that are out there ripping and riding. I mean, don't we want them to be as safe as possible? Well, guess what? We need to talk about it, and we need to figure it out. I have I have football players at 34 years old can't tie their own shoes. This is a discussion that needs to happen. It's not going away. We have to address it. What do you mean they can't tie their shoes? They literally can't tie their shoes. They can't feed themselves. Um, the con- the concuss- from the effects of concussive lifestyle exactly a concussive lifestyle yeah in the old days of football and i keep bringing up football um if a guy threw up in the middle of a play uh or on the field uh oh he's a, he's just a, being a tough guy that's not what made him throw up what made him throw up is he just got his bell rung and today we call it concussion um the wwe uh one of their stars wrote a book called football's dirty little secret and and it and maybe it really opened up the eyes of everybody and and all sports all sports are are uh legitimately eligible to be included in the conversation anytime you have a, a, a if you have to wear a helmet guess what you're going to be one of those that will be included in the discussion and you need to be don't think yep. you're better than anybody else you're not well, you know it, it's so so funny they say all that because i mean 6D, I was wearing a 6D helmet, and I feel like they are kind of on the forefront of actually discussing this stuff. I mean, I'm not sure what your guys' experience is with them, but um, they've been very, like, you know, I feel like they're very verbal in this in the whole concussion scene, I guess you could say, because, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, like you were talking about the football players. It's the repetitive hits that get you, right. you know, and that's why I'm going to see a neurologist to make sure that I basically 
um, okay to, you know, start racing again this weekend. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I would hate to even think about what, what would happen if I didn't have the 60 helmet on, honestly. We actually had 60 on that program that Scott's talking about, and, and they were actually working with the NFL, if you remember, Scott. As on, progressive as anybody. Yeah, and uh, and with some technology and, and, you know, just sharing technology and, and the and and the tech and the experiences that they have with with uh research and development with their helmets and that kind of thing and it sounds like nfl is actually using a lot of the 60 technology now which i imagine is probably making 60 a lot more money than motorcycle helmets but um yeah but it was it was neat to hear that that 60 you know they were they were granted some award or or they they were given a grant or they awarded a grant maybe that's how i should say yeah, they've, yeah. They, and they used their grants for the purpose of doing a much larger study to, you know, their, what we had talked with them about on the show was the research they're doing and gathering data from right. a, a very large population of people who are known to have had head impacts. You know, when I was a teenager, I had several concussions to the point where the doctor says, you probably should take a, you should probably consider taking a little break. And that was, I mean, several concussions and I had a lot of black spots um, and they have been reoccurring over the years not as much as they used to but I, I haven't talked about it too much i've kind of kept quiet but i have experienced them a little bit more lately than uh just i'm kind of confused at, at times and i'm probably going to head to the head doctor over this too i've never but, had a concussion and i'm always confused <laughs> right well that's, so a, that that's something else scott but uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know there'd be black spots in in high school i remember i would i would wake up and i'd be at valley west mall not just i say wake up but I'd end up at Valley West Mall, and I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? I'm walking in the mall. Right. I don't remember driving there. I don't remember anything. This, is, this isn't this is good. And What am I doing here? You know, and I, I always make a joke. I'm a product of Bell Helmets in the 90s, you know, but uh, it wasn't just Bell Helmets. It's it's all helmet technology back then, and they were heavy, and, uh, you know, you, you you're, my brain's taking a lot of hits, and it's spooky. So I... I I commend you, Max, for for taking the, all the precautions. And you know, we've had guys on Tony Alessi over the years talked about his kids and making his kids sit out when his kid was championship contender. Yeah. Um, there's there's been a lot of guys over the years, and it's it's good that it's growing. But the the, the bummer is, is it's still a big mystery to everybody. Well, there, there's been no conclusions. And if you look at the Smithsonian uh, article, there is no such thing as a concussion-proof helmet. And there's no such thing as a brain uh, cavity, okay, within your skull that will either guarantee that you do or don't or will or won't be concussed at any point in your career, no matter the sport you play. That's the key. As long as we recognize that and we can reduce occurrence and have people that are specialized to look for concussions that yep. take place on the track, that's key because the guy will not take himself out. If he's competitive, Okay, he will not take himself out of a race, out of a game of whatever insert sport here, because that's how he gets paid. That's how he gets noticed. That's how he gets sponsors. Uh, their well, job is to race. Point. Huh? That, that's a huge point right there, and, and I'm going to elaborate on that. You know, in the motorcycle world, and I'm a huge, I'm 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 a part of this. You know, for some reason, it's, it's the idea is that racers need to race no matter what. You know, like, if you're hurt, well, if you can possibly race, just go race. And like I said, I mean, I'm probably one of the worst myself. I've raced with broken bones many times. But, you know, 
from what I'm finding throughout this concussion and stuff is th- there's no, like, if you break your arm, you break your leg, it's very obvious they can see it on an x-ray, it's conclusive, they can give you a right. prognosis. That's how it is. With a brain injury, it's just a bunch of fatty, soft tissue inside of a skull, and, you know, there's no real telling how long your recovery is or how bad it was, and a lot of the CT scans you can get are kind of like, okay, well, that didn't really tell us anything. So, you know, True. at that point, at that point, it's, we have to be re- the responsible ones, the riders and the parents to, and the team managers to say, hey, I had a head injury. You know, I raced with a broken hand last week, and that was fine, but I'm not willing to change the course of the rest of my life. That's it. That's it. It's not you today at 30, you today at 24. It's you today, excuse me, at 60 when when you literally can't walk up a set of stairs because you don't have the balance. And yeah, my God, we, we deserve to treat each other better than that. Our expectations of one another should be along the lines of the human condition. You know, thing of like Roman, remember Roman, when you had that crash and they went and they they scanned your head and they couldn't find your brain, and it was so sad. It was so sad. We've we've and yeah. then it, a lot of stuff started to make sense. Yeah. We started a GoFundMe page for him. You remember that? <laughs> sure. No. We gave. It was actually an old no. school GoFundMe page. Yeah. It was more like we just gave him a a, a push mower and I <laughs> said, "Go fund me." Oh, what what? <laughs> yeah, funny, super funny. No, last year, Max, I I crashed <laughs> on my 450 and broke six ribs and oh boy, you my head. And- you'd have thought, Max, you would have thought that it was a uh, life changing experience. His it probably was six bruised ribs. <laughs> they were cracked. broken. Whatever, dude's anyway. been in battle before. He's been yeah. in battle he is before. my ride home. I better shut up. <laughs> All right, by the way, this portion of our program brought to you by our good friends of Fly Racing. Right now, you can upload your photos to the Fly Wall. Fly Racing loves to share photos of its fans, which is why they created the Fly Wall. The Fly Wall is a fun way for Fly Racing fans to share their photos uh, right there on the website, the Fly Racing website. All you need to do is enter, go to the Fly Racing website, uh, click on the uh, on the button on the menu in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. Choose Post a Pick. Upload your favorite pics of yourself, your family, your friends, or whatever. And if approved, your photo will show up on the fly wall. It's as simple as that. And it's being seen by thousands of people every day. So head on over to flyracing.com and upload your pics for a chance to be featured on the fly wall. Let's go back to our guest, Tony. All right, Max, uh, we're, we're just about out of time with you, but I want to uh, give you an opportunity to – Kind of give your fans uh, an update or maybe a, a screenshot of what you have coming up for the rest of the year. And uh, now that we're almost headed to fall, and then uh, give you an opportunity to talk about your sponsors to help you go racing. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Um, well, as of right now, all I'm focused on is uh, going to that doctor's appointment tomorrow and getting cleared so I can race this weekend. Um, that's just, This weekend's the first round of the Endurocross series, and I'm really, really hoping to have a good run in that series this year. Um, you know, Beta and everybody else putting in a huge effort trying to go tackle that series. So I really want to have a good showing and um, be finishing up some of the last couple of races of the Western Hair Scramble Series this year also, which I'm currently second place in. Um, so i got to keep fighting for that one. I've had a couple of rough races. I got sick and stuff like that. So, uh, But I'm just going to keep fighting on that, see what we can do. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. I mean, Beta is behind it. My my, uh, my gear sponsor, Climb, they're awesome. 6D, like we were talking about earlier, CD Boots, everybody is, is all in, and um, we're ready to go racing. 
And we're all in for you too, Max. Keep up the good work, brother, and uh, positive results and uh, from the uh, from the docs, man, on the tests and everything. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you caring enough to share. All right, uh, who gets the Yosh ride and why? That's our open topic for the open conversation. That's coming up next. You're listening to America's Moto Racing Talk Show. Is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly? What's up, guys? Trey Kennard here. Then I ride the 450 class. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno this is 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long Long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka. Proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hi, I'm uh, David Zuderman, the world-famous gun rider, and you're listening to Pete Fast Motor Racing with me. You know, I forgot about David Villeman being the goon rider. He was, he was the best, and then Ronnie Mack made a career out of it. <laughs> oh, we have to talk about that Villeman. before we get into the, the okay. Yosh ride. All right. So t- Team Puerto Rico, they had yeah. they announced uh, Travis Pastrana, right. Ryan Sipes, and Ronnie Mack. And I said last week, but Ronnie Mack is a fictional character right. who is, I mean, it's obviously- So how's that going to work? Jimmy Albertson's uh, alter ego. Alter ego. Right. Okay, so how's that going to work? I guess they didn't think about that either. No. So now- their replacement, none other than your Kevin, favorite racer besides K- me, K Dub, <laughs> Kevin Windham. Yep. Is this, is this initially? It was kind of a joke. Okay, and that's I, what I've what I got out of the whole thing. And I think kind so. of a joke. And now people are putting a little serious. bit of pressure on them to be serious about it. And that team actually stands a good chance of placing. Yeah, uh, for the first. Well, I don't know for the first time, but for the first time in a long time. 
they have a legitimate shot because now got, you guys are crazy. Remember Alex Martin raced for Team Puerto Rico. Yeah. There was legitimate racers, not not washed up Alex freestylers, and, and the guy that lives on his farm now with his kids. Oh come on! Okay, hold on. Hey, they may hold, be the best ever, but they they are not current racers. You've got no, but and you watched Pastrana from a very very early age race. We ain't jumping Indians, Roman. I'm not saying this. <laughs> that dude's got talent on a bike. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Kevin Windham, probably the smoothest style. The best ever. Most effortless style I've ever seen. My favorite racer ever. And a dang fine interview. And, and Travis, too. And he's he's just an awesome guy. Sipes, un- unbelievable talent. Same thing. We get that. Multi-level, multi-faceted talent on who, a dirt bike. Who's Who does better, Sipes or Kevin Windham? Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Kevin owns a couple gyms. That don't mean he's in there every day. Yeah. Well, I'm just you gotta saying. give it to Sipes on that one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. probably would say Sipes just because he's been racing and he's current. He's Red active. Bike. Yes. Talk and, about the format of the event. And don't so forget how, Young. All three guys They're, are they all out there at the same time? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Two guys are out there at the same time. Right, right, right. And okay. they, So they they uh, they take the combined score. Obviously, there, there's one guy on a 250. There's one guy on a 450, and then there's one guy on an open bike, which is a 450. Okay. So it's two guys on a 450. Uh, who they say is going to ride? Sipes ride the 250, I assume? There's, well, right now, Sipes and uh, Pashan are both going to ride two strokes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're riding 250. Two However, and are they KTMs or? No. Well, Pastrana will probably ride a, a, a Suzuki. Of course, he'll be on an RM250. Yeah. Uh, Sipes will be on a Husqvarna. Now, Kevin has said. I'm not going to race a two-stroke. He's going to race a four, Honda 450. Okay. So I'm sure he'll be riding a 2019 brand new. I'm going to roll my, my opinion back of Sipes being faster than Wyndham. I'm not going to bet against K-Dub. And, but and, I, if, I, and if any of those guys probably rides the in the 250 class, not the MX-1 or the, or the Open, I would say probably Sipes is on the – Yeah, yeah. That's, well, he'll probably be in the – 250 class just because i would think he would be the guy since he's done it so he much was, recently he was the best most accomplished lights class 250 rider of all of them yes so um yeah interesting though it's it's been an interesting i, I you know i and before we we move on i think that it'd be a neat opportunity for team puerto rico that country or excuse me that that yeah that country essentially essentially has puerto rico's has had a pretty nasty hit with that hurricane so It'd, it'd be, be good neat. press for him. It'd yeah, be, well, and and, 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 and something to buoy the spirits. Well, I'm thinking maybe something to raise some money. Yes, uh, maybe help promote uh, and get them back Tourism. into the turning the lights back on. Yeah, maybe? you know, because they've there's still people without power. That, I know. You know, um, um, you know, and it just it boggles my mind that we here in the U.S. can have so much and yet those people down there can still after all this time have so little what do you mean by those people i mean <laughs> those people those people living in puerto rico the puerto rican <laughs> and not, hey they're not all puerto ricans that live there there's a lot of americans that live there like my and, buddy franklin all are you called an expat if you go to puerto rico or are you still just an american in america american yeah, in paradise uh, essentially you know okay but, so uh, anyway Moving forward, Scott, you you asked who gets the Yosh ride. Last the, question: the the Yosh ride to me, um, it comes down to a short list, and perhaps you have the same list, Tony, that that I have. Hayden Gillum's got to be in the conversation. JD Beach, Jake Lewis, uh, Valentine, uh, Matthew Schultz from from South uh, Africa, Schultz. Kyle 
Skoltz, pardon yep, me, yep, yep. Uh, Kyle Wyman. Kyle Wyman. This is the short list. Of, Jake Lewis. Of the, of the short list, okay, of the short list, uh, who rises above? Let's start with PJ. Uh, they're, they're all up there, and I'm not even going to pick a, a, the national favorite from our, be it 600 or absolutely proven themselves in our superstar classes. Other international names are being thrown around. Valentin DeBeast is riding here, but right. he's an international rider. It may just be internet speculation, but Marco Melandri's name is wow. being thrown around. I, I don't know that there's any valid uh, any <laughs> valid comment about that being anything that could possibly happen. His agent but boy, it'd be it. it'd be interesting to see if it did, because then you'd be talking about like Elias and Melandri on the same <laughs> Yoshimura team, and Elias is done nothing but amaze everyone in the class there's been a few fairly legit internet rumblings of a few world superbike guys and MotoGP gp riders i in that seat you talked about marco there's right. who's a soon to be ex ducati factory world superbike rider um there's there's other guys though that that uh could could possibly fill that seat so does yosh team promote from within the current moto america paddock That's and give a rider a chance to further their career and hopefully advance to the world stage or does the Yosh team draft in a rider such as a Melandri, World Superbike MotoGP race winner, as well as the what two thousand two? Yeah, he won the two fifty GP World Championship, which could bring some more international attention to the Moto America series and ultimately more attention on its riders, which which could help them make the jump to the world stage. I, I think there's there's uh, it could go both ways as an advantage for the team. But do they pull an older guy like Melandri in? For limited time. For a limited time. Mm -hmm. You know, do they... Tony Elias is right there. You use the example of Tony Elias. Yeah, I know. But they already have Elias on the team. So why wouldn't you not pull in a young guy... And let him learn. And let him learn from Elias. Build him up as a product. Right. And and give him that structure and that opportunity to prove, hey, look... Because Suzuki's tired of Yamaha getting all those titles over and over and over. And <laughs> Elias, just, Elias has won it. Uh, I get that, but, but Yamaha Bobier has... is currently, yes, just Yamaha has kicked their butts for, for a couple for years so, now. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. It's been a while. And and Suzuki, you know, Yoshimura Suzuki, such an iconic, historic they, team. they got to do something to turn they, it around. They, 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 I mean, that, Don Sakakura has got to be ready to win some titles, right? You would hope so. No question about it. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that long ago Elias won it, so it's been two years. It's not that long. But but but, but prior to that, yeah, Yamaha has had that title so many times. Yeah, since Ben Spees left, you had the you had the yeah. Maladin and Spees dynasty, and since then it's and been. And when year was that? Spees won World Superbike in '09, so the last Yosh title under those guys was '08. And, you know, Spees and Maladin had all of them for like six years in a row. Nearly a decade you're talking about. The argument for Tony Elias, though, would be this. Ready for it? You remember what he did um, for the series when he came on board? It was a brand new level. I mean, it really raised all ships. And, 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 And if that's what it takes, why not? And does he deserve to be rewarded for a career well well raised? I think so. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see, and it comes down to the guys at Yoshimura, the team managers, the the guys writing the checks, and the 
Riders managers that they talk to, they're going to be the ones that what's, work. What's it that out. job worth? What, what what kind of paycheck is that rider going to? Gosh, it's a, that is a really good question, Scott. I think the the climate in American road racing right now is yes. If you're on the Yosh or the Yamaha teams, you're getting a real professional rider salary to say nothing of your sponsors. But, but there's not a lot of guys that are. But it's not a seven figure. Deal. I don't. I can't imagine it is. No. No. I would be surprised if someone told me it was. Right. And I agree with that. And I think, he, it, you know, I would imagine a lot of these contracts. And, you know, we should – I know what motocross racers make. I know what a lot of them make just because of my experience when I was involved with that. And, I've, and I'm have and i still in contact with a lot of those guys. Road racers, I, I don't really know. And I probably should research that a little bit. But uh, it's definitely not what – it's not a seven-figure. No, you know, not And a all. lot of them are performance-based. And right know. now, realistically, we're talking about two teams that are paying guys. Everybody else, their sponsors are paying them. Right. Well, you know who's or paying their, us? Or their personal sponsors. Our Moto, sponsors. Moto exactly. America is paying yeah. Tony. I want to thank all of our great sponsors that uh, have been with us throughout the year. Appreciate that. Uh, for our front porch media people that uh, – well, they take care of us here at Pit Pass each and every week. Appreciate that. Want to thank Jake Johnson, Rory O'Neill, Josh Strang, Michael D'Aloya, and uh, Max Gerst. An interesting conversation to wrap up the program. Hope you enjoyed it. For Jack DeLeon, Leanne DeLeon, for, uh, let's see, PJ Duran, Roman Avila, Tony Wink, Ed Camp. I'm Scott Casper speaking. Thanks and a big shout-out to Christopher Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. This has been another edition of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Have a good one, everybody. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.